0: everybody and welcome to another episode of kaiju carnage i am your host Cal the kaiju guy so a number of things to go ahead and throw out there this morning if you guys hear background noise those are my dogs they're out and about and uh the black lab is feeling kind of lively and uh yeah so if y'all hear anything going on in the in the background that's just him and the red balm, the, uh, the pit bull and the small dog are in the back with Emily uh, because, well, the the small one, uh, she's a mix between a Border Collie and a Corgi, uh, so she's about the size of a full-grown full Corgi, but she has a lot of Border Collie features, and I've had her for... Um, well, uh, next month will be five years that I've had her, and she's, you know, I'm not going to lie, she's my favorite, <laughs> you know, because it was just me and her for, for so long and all of that, and so I let her, uh, she, liked, she really, really likes Emily, so whenever I come out in the morning, she likes to stay in there, uh, to stay in the bed, to sleep a little longer, and the pit bull that goes by the name of Marty, um, he's just a big baby. And he's Emily's favorite because she quote unquote rescued him whenever she found him on the side of the road and all that so he likes to stay in there with her and so yeah I've got I've usually got the boys up here with me uh, Rocky who is the red bone and then Jekyll who is the black lab and the cat who's named Hyde they they chill out up here with me but um. Anywho, just wanted to throw that out there about like, you know, hearing any background noise and all that, but let's talk about, let's not jump into the subject matter of today just yet. Um, pretty sure you guys have heard by now, because I've talked about it before on one of my episodes, that Netflix is doing a series called Gamera Rebirth. And it's an animated series. I say Netflix is doing it. They're not really doing it. It's airing on Netflix. And, like, you know, we had gotten a teaser. We had found out that it was going to be six episodes long. It was essentially going to be... It's called Gamera Rebirth, but it was also essentially going to be called... Gamera versus five kaiju, like, so each episode he's going to be going up against a different kaiju, and we were, we've been wondering which kaiju he was going to be going up against, and all of that, we've received, received a few, uh, posters and things like that that's been released, uh, giving us a little bit, but last night, pretty, pretty late last night, I, um, let's see, I, first of all, I didn't go to bed. And that's part of the reason why this episode is getting released kind of just a tad bit later than usual, because I didn't go to bed, like lay down to go to bed until midnight, just because I just wasn't feeling tired. That's just how it was for me. But um, while I was asleep, or just while I was drifting off asleep, a bright light, hit my eyes last night, and whenever I opened them up, I could see a light shining in through my window, my bedroom window, and I assumed it was headlights or something like that, like somebody pulled into the driveway or something like that, and so I very quickly (laughs) jumped out of bed to go, you know, came out, come to the front door and looked and there was a vehicle that was driving very, very slowly through my neighborhood and like stopping at each house and like getting kind of like they were scoping it out or something like that. And so I was like, okay, you know, cause a lot of times I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think safety first or whatever like that. And I wanted to like, okay, I want, I want whoever this is, if something's going on, I want them to know that somebody is aware that something is going on. And so I just stepped out the front door and, you know, they went a little bit further up the road. They turned around, they started coming back. Whenever they got about close to my house, I was standing in pretty well, plain sight. I was smoking a cigarette. And, uh, I was standing in pretty well plain sight and they kind of sped up a little bit. They pulled into somebody else's driveway, turned around and then took off going back down the road. And, you know, that, that was it. And so obviously after having that happen, I was wide awake, you know, and I wasn't too keen on just wanting to go back to sleep anyway. Cause I'm like, okay, I don't know who this person was. I don't know what they were doing. I don't know if they were scoping out the neighborhood to see if they could steal some stuff. I don't know if they were looking for a specific house, if they were trying to pick somebody up, you know, I don't know. But all I know is from my personal experience living in this neighborhood, we have had a few things disappear from the property. I have had my truck get broke into. And so, you know, whenever I see things like that, it puts me on high alert because I'm like, okay, who, who are these people and, you know, and all of that. And so I just stayed out there for a little while just to see if they were going to come back. They never came back. And so I came inside and again, by then I was wide awake. So I just, uh, sat in the front room and, uh, watched a little bit of YouTube and about an hour and a half went by, it was about one 30 or something like that. And I was like, okay, let me try going back to sleep. And I went in and went back to bed and I didn't really check my phone, I didn't mess with my phone any, but prior to all of that, kind of late at night, some Gamera figures started getting released. Pictures of Gamera figures and all of that. And it's uh, for the Gamera Rebirth series that's going to be airing on Netflix. So we got some pictures, some really good pictures of an SH Monster Arts... Gamera, and it looks gorgeous. I had been you know, like I've I've gotten a number of SH Monster Arts figures here lately. Uh altogether I have a final goji, a Godzilla Ultima, a the uh Godzilla from Godzilla vs. Kong, the Kong from Godzilla vs. Kong, Mecha Godzilla from Godzilla vs. Kong, um and dang, there was another one. Oh, the Kong, uh, exclusive edition. That is also from Godzilla vs Kong, but he comes in with more accessories and things like that. And I have a 1989 Godzilla vs Biollante, um, Godzilla, but I haven't opened it yet. Um, uh, that's going to be my next unboxing for my YouTube and all that, which by the way, my newest video for, um, my, Kong exclusive edition is up on YouTube now and I'm doing like a new unboxing method and all of that kind of stuff uh, trying to make it a little bit more appealing and everything and so yeah that's up on my YouTube now so if you haven't checked that out by all means please go do so it's uh the name of the channel is Cal the Kaiju guy and so I had been thinking that the next SH monster arts figure I was gonna get was the 2002. Godzilla from Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. I love that design of Big G. I love the dorsals and all of that. Uh, looks pretty much identical to the, uh, Godzilla Millennium one from Godzilla 2000, but instead of the dorsals being purple, they are back to being their silver slash white kind of color. And I love that design. It's one of my all-time favorite designs for Big G. And, you know, right now it's like a, you know, it's, kind of cheap. I found some on eBay. That's only about 80, 90 bucks uh, on high end. It's about 120 or something like that. And so I'm looking more low end. So, you know, I was sitting there thinking that's probably going to be my next one. But then last night they released the pictures for the Gamera Rebirth, um, SH Monster Arts figure, which I do not have a, uh, Gamera SH Monster Arts figure yet. And whatever, I saw the pictures of that guy, I was like, oh no, absolutely, that's going to be my my next one. He looks great, looks fantastic. Um, he's very bulky. Just by looking at him from the pictures and everything, he seems very bulky and all that, so I don't know how I'm going to, to feel about that once I actually have him in my hands. I'm sure it's not going to matter because I'm a I'm a big Gamera fan, and like as soon as I would get my hands on him, I would just be like, I don't care, I've got Gamera, I'm good to go, you know? But, um... So yeah, looking at um, getting that and they also released the Bandai figures, pictures for Gamera as well as some of the Kaiju that he's going to be throwing down with and so I'm looking forward to getting those. Hopefully they'll get a pretty quick release over here in the States and I won't have to worry about trying to order them from Japan and pay that expensive shipping or uh, hopefully scalpers won't get their hands on them very, very quickly because, uh, I've talked to you about, uh, before that, uh, scalpers and the toy industry is really starting to get out of hand. It really kicked up a gear at the beginning of COVID whenever people were looking for any kind of way to be able to make extra money because the country was essentially shut down. And there was a bunch of people that really attacked the toy industry. That was basically like, oh, these people want these things? Okay, that's cool. And whenever pre-orders and things like that would come out, you'd have these scalpers that would come into the website's pre-order just about everything that they had and all that for, you know, 50 or 60 bucks. And then turn around and once they came in, list them all on eBay for like 150 or 160. And it's basically like, if you want this now, you're going to have to pay about two or three times its value. And there's a lot of collectors like me that refuse to do that. Whenever I see something that's a high price like that, that was immediately sold out. I know that scalpers are primarily behind it. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I just say I'm going to miss out. I'm not going to get it because I'm not going to give them the satisfaction of getting getting my money out of me, (laughs) you know, the way that they do that. But luckily a lot of companies are starting to, like whenever it comes to pre-orders and stuff like that, they limit one pre-order per customer or two pre-orders per customer or something like that. So, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to combat it in, in certain ways. And I appreciate the companies for, for doing that. But, um, yeah, like one of them, uh, the Shin Gomez figure from Shin Ultraman, um, like, uh, it got announced that it's going to be released and everything, and I've been looking forward to it and all that, and I've tried to find any, like, pre-orders or anything like that that I could order it from, either from Japan or, you know, pre-order it from the Big Bad Toy Store or something like that, and I haven't really found anything, but if you manage to get on eBay, some people on eBay already have their hands on it, and they've already got it listed on eBay for 60 or $70, and it's just like, Really? Like the figure hasn't even been released yet and they're already listing it on eBay for that stupid amount of money and it's, it's ridiculous. So hopefully I'll be able to get my hands on all of these Gamera figures before the scalpers get their hands on them and, and all of that, because they're, they're great looking figures. Like I said, Gamera is going to be very bulky in this series, um, I have been looking at getting a SH Monster Arts Heisei-era Gamma, and, you know, just to have side-by-side side and kind of do a comparison and all that. I'll get one eventually, don't get me wrong. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. But, anywho, all of that aside, so I go to bed last night, I wake up this morning, you know, I let the dogs out and, you know, put the other two back in the bedroom. I'm sitting here, um doing my notes for Ultraman, and you know, I decided to just take a little coffee break or something like that, open up my phone, get on Facebook. It's the first time I'm on Facebook in the morning and I'm seeing everywhere people are sharing links to YouTube for the new Gamera Rebirth trailer. And I said, hold up, wait a minute. Nope, nope, nope. You know, so I grabbed my TV remote, turned on my TV because if I have the option to watch a new Kaiju trailer on my phone versus my 55 inch, you know, 4K HD TV. I'm going to pick the 55 inch 4K HD TV. <coughs> so turned on YouTube, just typed in, went to type in Gamera, did GA. And in the pop up bar, it's like Gamera Rebirth trailer. And I'm like, yes, YouTube, that's exactly what I'm looking for, you know? So looked at it, watched it. Uh, I can't remember exactly how long it is. It's like a legit trailer, you know. It's like a minute and a half, two minutes long, something like that. Uh, I'm pumped, guys. I am pumped. I'm ready to go. It looks awesome. The fight scenes look awesome. Gamera looks awesome. The other kaiju look awesome. Like Jiger looks awesome. Yeah, Jiger is a uh, one of the main kaiju in the fil- in the series that he's gonna be. Of fighting like I'm I'm ready for this series. So you know, I know that that has nothing to do with the subject material that I'm talking about today, but I just wanted to uh, share all of that. And there's going to be more information that comes out later on. So this Wednesday for the weekly Kaiju havoc, I will have more information to give on Gamera rebirth and you know more Kaiju announcements that's going to be in the show and all of that kind of stuff and I'll be talking all about all of that this Wednesday. But all right, 15 minutes into this episode, so let's uh let's get off of Gamera and get onto the subject material. Today I'm going to be talking about the 1966 series Ultraman, which is the first series in the Ultraman franchise, but is the second series in the overall Ultra uh, franchise. Now, I had told you guys way back whenever I covered Ultra Q, because I have covered Ultra Q. If you haven't checked, uh, listened to that episode yet, by all means, go do so. But um, <clears throat> I had never really messed with the Ultraman franchise growing up. I just, you know... There's just some things you don't have access to whenever you're, uh, growing up and all that kind of stuff. Like I had a lot of like, uh, you know, I've talked about it a million times. I had the Showa era Godzilla stuff, uh, didn't get to the Heisei Godzilla stuff until I was a teenager, uh, had the King Kong stuff whenever I was younger and all of that. And whenever it came to Gamera, I largely didn't have anything to do with Gamera until after I was, you know, pretty well grown. And the same thing with Ultraman. Now, I had heard of Ultraman. I had never really messed with Ultraman or anything like that. And so I started this Kaiju podcast. And it was one of those deals of like, you know, it's a big franchise. There's a lot of Kaiju fans that really, really like that. I'm going to need to to jump on it eventually. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to need to get to it and all of that. And so finally, one day I decided I was, um I was actually in Walmart and I saw the, first series just Ultraman that I'm talking about today um on Blu-ray in Walmart and so I got it and I was like I can't really start with Ultraman unless I want to just mess with Ultraman I really want to see Ultra Q first so I went on ahead and ordered Ultra Q I watched Ultra Q in its entirety um a lot of the episodes were hit and miss with me obviously I like the ones with um uh, like a lot of the monsters and kaiju and things like that in there, a lot of them that were just way more heavy on like the sci-fi, very like Twilight Zone type stuff. I wasn't a super big fan of. But yeah, so watched Ultra Q. Overall, I was like, yeah, this this is pretty good. I liked it. I can really get behind it. Uh, it actually, you know, Ultra Q, my favorite uh, kaiju, even though he did show up more in the Ultraman franchise later on, um, in the very first episode of Ultra Q, I got to see who would become my favorite Ultra Kaiju, which is Gomez. You guys know that I'm a big fan of Gomez. And no, it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that he's a repurposed Godzilla suit. Um, The only way you can really tell that he's a repurposed Godzilla suit is in the face, kind of. The rest of him looks pretty pretty unique with a lot of the additions and the dorsal plates being removed and and all of that kind of stuff. And also just the overall feel of the episode. I like um, movies and things like that that involve people going down into a cave and discovering something, you know, like the whole, like the stuff with like the claustrophobia and all that kind of stuff. It adds to more suspense for me and all of that kind of stuff. And so I just really liked the first episode with Gomez and all of that. And so he ended up becoming my favorite ultra, um... Ultra Kaiju. So I was like, okay, I got Ultra Q out the way. Let's watch Ultraman. And so started the first series of Ultraman and I didn't finish it entirely. I got through a chunk of it. And then, you know, guys, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty hooked. I wasn't hooked enough to actually sit down and be like, okay, can't wait to see the next episode kind of thing. But I do watch episodes here and there and all of that. Um, and so I just started, it's just me being me. I just started ordering Ultraman stuff left and right. Comic books, uh, other series. I've got like the first 10 series on Blu-ray. I've got, uh, the movie collections and stuff. Like I found like little collections of like four of the Ultraman movies all on in one collection i've got like 3 or 4 of them so i've got like a chunk of the movies and a lot of them you know they're just available to to stream online so i don't i have actually haven't purchased a whole bunch of more of the ultraman stuff and i just continued watching them and i'm like yeah i'm 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 team ultraman like <laughs> you know i'm 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 all about it and all of that and that's part of the reason why um i was so excited for shin ultraman and then You know, we all know how that ended up turning out. But yeah, so that's pretty much been my experience with Ultraman so far. I have a number of Ultraman collectibles. I have a few figures. I have a few statues. I've watched a few, like, it's not like monster arts stuff. It's like figure arts, which is kind of like the same thing. Um, But it's not for monsters or kaiju. You know, like they, they do uh a lot of the figure arts, the uh, more popular ones are for uh DBZ characters. You've probably seen a number of them like in your local targets and Walmarts and things like that. But yeah, so that's pretty much been my experience with uh with Ultraman. I wish it was one of those deals that I could say I've been a fan of for the vast majority of my life. I really, really do. But unfortunately just didn't have access to it and all of that, so With all of that said, let's jump into the episode and talk about... This is strictly going to be on the very first series that aired in 1966. Now, it aired from July 17th until August 9th. And how this show ended up coming about was because of the success of Ultra Q... That pretty much led to the Tokyo Broadcasting System, otherwise known as TBS. Not that TBS, it, you know, they, they have a TBS as well. But um, the Tokyo Broadcasting System, TBS, wanted another series. But they wanted one that was going to be focused on, like, the kaiju and alien invaders and things like that. And they also wanted it to be aired in color. And there's a reason behind that, but I'll, I'll get to that later on. So whenever they were pretty much told, like, you know, Superia Productions was pretty much told, like, hey, we uh, they, they want a new series primarily focused on the alien invaders and the monsters and all of that. They pretty much just picked up, picked apart, like, the very bare minimum ideas that they had in Ultra Cute. And instead of, like, a lot of the episodes in Ultra Q, uh, some of the casting characters returned here and there, but there were some episodes that was just completely, you know, just standalone by themselves. You know, like I said, more of the sci-fi, like, Twilight, um, like, type, uh, Twilight Zone type episodes and all of that. So they wanted to create, like, an actual cast of characters, that would be in the entire series and wanted to create a group that would specifically go up against these kaiju or really investigate the kaiju and the alien invaders and all that kind of stuff. And it ended up being the Scientific Investigation Agency or SIA. So they were like, okay, so what are we going to do? Like, We want to focus on the kaiju and all that. We need to come up with a concept of... You know, because the Subaru Productions at that point in time had been responsible for the Ga- the Godzilla series, and, you know, there had been a number of Gamma films and things like that. You know, you can't very well just be like, okay, here's a team of investigators, and they're going to go up against monsters. I mean, they've shown in numerous kaiju media up at that point that just regular humans and, like, the military going up against kaiju doesn't really work out all that well. So they wanted to come up with an idea of having someone be on their side that could fight the kaiju. And that's how Ultraman ended up coming about, but we almost had a very different version of Ultraman, not the Ultraman that we all know and love. The first iteration of Ultraman was going to be named Bindler, and the host would be a 28-year-old man I uh, believe he was going to be a cop. Pretty much was going to be a tough guy and all that kind of stuff. And that was going to be his first hope host. He was not going to be humanoid. The very first iteration of Ultraman, he was going to be very bird-like. He was going to be heavily inspired by Garuda, which is a uh, Hindu god, and a Tingu. Now, Tingu is basically like a bird goblin thing for some of you guys that are like, man, Tingu, Tingu, man, that sounds kind of familiar and all that. Think Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, Ivan Ooze created the Tingu Warriors, the bird warriors that, um, ended up following the Rangers to the planet and fighting them and, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, that he was basically going to be a cross between that The only problem is he looked way too alien. Specifically, he was called by Eiji Tsuburaya, he looked too sinister. And so they wanted a more humanoid design. They wanted him to be set apart from the kaiju, the monsters, and the aliens that he was going to be fighting. Like, they just didn't want to have two monsters in there fighting. They wanted to have, like, kind of a superhero going up against kaiju and monsters and all of that. So they started working on different like designs and all of that kind of stuff. The next time he pretty much got retconned, his name was changed from Bembler to Redman. And he was simply called Redman because of his uh, color scheme and all that. Um, Like he was going to just be primarily red. And in this particular version of the character, he was going to be a refugee That his home planet was attacked slash destroyed slash, you know, made inhabitable uh, or, you know, uninhabitable or something like that. So he would come to Earth and then the same aliens that attacked slash destroyed his home world was going to come to Earth. He would get a host here on Earth and he would fight back those guys here on Earth. So that was going to be that particular iteration of it. But it ended up getting tweaked yet again to what we pretty much know and love. He was renamed Ultraman. They decided to go with a more silver color to be his dominant color. And his colors do represent something, by the way. The silver on his costume represents the steel from like a rocket, like a spaceship and all of that. And the, um, the red represents the planet Mars. Now, as far as production goes, production was very, very fast for this film. Keep in mind, all of the, this film was supposed to, I mean, f- the series was supposed to air, begin airing in July 17th. Everything that I just got done talking to you guys about was being discussed in like January, February. Of 1966. So they're already cutting it close. Filming was slated to begin in March. Can you imagine trying to shoot an entire season of a TV show from March to July? Not only shooting it, but then having to edit it because it would be airing in July. Like, that's, that's crazy to me that they were able to pull it off. But, they very nearly didn't pull it off. So, let's talk about that. The original release, like I said, was going to be July 17th. It ended up getting pushed up a week. The reason it got pushed up a week was because of a number of reasons. One... The final episode of Ultra Q was pulled because it did not feature any monsters, so they had an open slot that they needed to fill anyway, so they decided to fill it with Ultraman. Um, There was another little issue that they were having. There was another TV network that was going to be starting a series called Ambassador Magma, which is based on a manga And, you know, ended up becoming a tokusatsu series and all of that. But it was slated to begin, like, July 4th, I believe, or July 8th, something like that. It was going to air before Ultraman. You know, have it beat out by like a week, week and a half or something like that. It's very similar to Ultraman. If you haven't heard of Ambassador Magma, the basic... I mean, this is the most basic of basic descriptions for Ambassador Magma. There's an alien. He wants to conquer Earth. Comes to Earth, tries to conquer it. Here comes giant superhero. He's a giant called Ambassador Magma. And he fights off the alien invaders. Now, whenever you look at it, it's just the bare bones the basic like bare minimum that you can look at it sounds kind of similar to Ultraman doesn't it so they wanted to hurry up and try and get Ultraman airing it didn't necessarily have to beat ambassador magma but they wanted it to air close enough because you know the public the public is very very strange the public can see something and then two weeks later see something else and immediately be like, well, that is a ripoff of the other thing that I saw, even though they don't take into account that when the idea was created, how long the production lasted and all that kind of stuff. Simply just because they air very close to one another doesn't mean that they've been, that one is just a direct ripoff of the other. I mean, there's a lot of effort and things like that, that, that go into it. Like I'll, I'll use as an example, um, you know, I like to play video games here and there. And the Assassin's Creed franchise is one of my favorite franchises. And so everyone knows that a, a video game came out not long ago called Ghosts of Tsushima. Very, very popular game, you know, takes place in Japan and, you know, feudal Japan and all of that kind of stuff. Well, Assassin's Creed, you know, they always pretty much jump around from time period to time period. Um, The three latest ones that they did, they did one in ancient Egypt. Then they went to ancient Greece. Then they went to the Viking Age in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And so it's like, well, I wonder what the next one's going to be. Now, they've announced multiple games. One of them takes place in feudal Japan. In which you're basically going to be playing with a ninja. You know? And so, immediately, everyone started screaming, the only reason Ubisoft and Assassin's Creed is releasing this game is because of Ghosts of Tsushima. It's just a rip-off. It's just trying to capitalize on the success of the Ghosts of Tsushima. But... Whenever you really dig into it, I mean really dig into it, I can't even remember the name of the one that Assassin's Creed is doing. We'll just, for the sake of this discussion, we'll call it Assassin's Creed Ninja. So, Assassin's Creed Ninja has been in development for about the last two and a half or three years. Nearly like uh, whenever I, I looked it up, when everyone was basically like, oh, it's a ripoff and this and that. It's been in development longer than when Ghosts of Tsushima, longer than Ghosts has been released. And yes, there was talk, you know, obviously we knew that the game was coming and all of that, but it's like, guys, the Assassin's Creed fans have been screaming for a setting in feudal Japan for years and years and years. At this point to just openly but you know that's how the public is a big name game comes out that takes place in feudal japan it's very popular then another big franchise says we're going to feudal japan and everybody immediately is like oh it's a rip-off they're only it's a rip-off of ghosts and everything and you want to sit there and be like you guys know there have been other games made in feudal japan like ghosts was not the first game to do this so by your logic Ghosts is a ripoff of a game that took place in feudal Japan, before it, and that one is the ripoff before it, and that one is the ripoff before it. Like the the public largely doesn't think about stuff like that; they just view something, they see it similar to something else, immediately label it a copycat, and so they didn't want this to happen with Ultraman, and so they wanted to push the release to be as close to Ambassador Magma as they possibly could. There was just one problem. They were already under a crazy, crazy busy schedule to try and get this done. And it just seemed like it wasn't going to happen. So they decided to do, like it ran for 39 episodes altogether, the TV series, 39 episodes. 40 if you count this special episode. The actual first appearance of Ultraman, that is titled The Birth of Ultraman, an Ultraman premiere celebration, was made specifically, solely, so that they could get Ultraman to the public as close to Ambassador Magma as possible, so that the public did not immediately label Ultraman as a rip-off or a copycat or something like that. because let's be honest here. If Ambassador Magma airs on Tuesday, sure, there's going to be some people that's sitting there watching their TV and they're going to see it and all of that kind of stuff, okay? But then say the following week rolls around and now Ultraman is about to air. Well, there's no telling how many people that might sit down to watch Ultraman that have not seen Ambassador Magma yet. So releasing it as close as they did, they really made it to where there would be a bunch of people that would still see Ultraman first before Ambassador Magma. Um, In the end, Ambassador Magma did air before uh, the Ultraman special and all that. I believe it beat out Ultraman by six days. But, you know, let's be honest here. Just go out to a bunch of tokusatsu fans, or not necessarily tokusatsu fans, let's say very generalized kaiju fans, like you know Godzilla, Gamera, things like that and all that. Ask them, do they know who Ultraman is? Pretty good chunk of them are going to say, oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of him. At the very least, they would say, I've heard of him. Then turn around and say, do you know who Ambassador Magma is? It's going to be a considerably smaller number of people that have heard of Ambassador Magma versus Ultraman. No, I'm not bad-mouthing Ambassador Magma. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good series. You know, don't get me wrong. Check it out if you haven't done so already. But, um, you know, nothing against it at all. But the fact that it aired before Ultraman, you know, didn't really, didn't really stop the Ultraman train. Now, as far as the monsters go for Ultraman, a lot of them, like the ultra, the Ultraman's monsters are pretty much in their own category of kaiju that are specifically called Ultra Kaiju. A lot of the kaiju from this first series didn't even have names. They were just, okay, this is going to be the monster that Ultraman is fighting this week because that's how the series was... Stylized, it wasn't like this massive overarching story to where each episode played in immediately into the next one and all of that kind of stuff. It was literally like each episode stood on its own. There was a beginning, a middle, and an end, and he would pretty much go up against a different kaiju in every single episode. And this ended up working out pretty well because at this point in time, Subaraya Productions had made a Pretty good abundance of kaiju costumes as well as miniatures and things like that. So it's like they were looking for a way to repurpose these things. You know, and that's nothing out of the ordinary. You guys have heard no telling how many times that, um,. The way that they would repurpose a lot of the Godzilla suits and things like that, to where like you know they would make one movie and then when the next movie rolled around, sometimes they would make an entirely different suit, but a lot of times it would be like ah we're gonna use the body of this Godzilla suit, but we're gonna make a new head to give him a new facial expression and all of that, or you know that's just that's just what they would do. I mean let's look at uh, Jiris from Ultraman, which is one of the Recycled along with Gomez, one of the recycled Godzilla costumes that they did. Uh, that particular, the Juris costume uses the body from Godzilla versus Mothra, the Masu, the Masu Goji suit, but it uses the head of Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. Then certain parts of him, like the dorsal's and all of that, were painted yellow. He's given this massive frill that goes around his neck making him look very similar to the Dilophosaur from uh, Jurassic Park, which there's no scientific evidence that the Dilophosaur from Jurassic Park ever had a frill or could spit venom or or anything like that. Most historians say say that the Dilophosaur from Jurassic Park is the most scientifically inaccurate dinosaur that's in the entire franchise. But anywho, so, like, they're, 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 you know, they would become accustomed to repurposing and reusing monster suits, and miniatures, and things like that, and so it worked out well that they had a whole bunch of extra ones, so they, um, they just repurposed them for this series. So, I don't think I need to really talk about the legacy of Ultraman. I could, but I mean, in all honesty, that would be an entirely separate episode, If I'm being totally honest with you, I mean, Ultra Q started it all. It evolved into Ultraman and Ultraman has continued going on. I mean, look here, we're in 2023 and they're fixing to, you can get on Amazon right now and pre-order the Blu-ray to Shin Ultraman, which I have already done so. And it's going to be released in July, I believe. So, Ultraman is still alive and kicking. And as of last night, they actually revealed that there's going to be a new Ultraman uh, coming around. Like, you know, there's a trailer for it. You you can just get on. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about it. But, um, yeah, there's a new Ultraman that's coming. I'm not sure if it's a series or a movie. Or anything like that. The trailer looks cool. The design looks pretty cool from what you can see and all of that. I'm pretty excited about it. But, um, yeah. The legacy of Ultraman pretty much speaks for himself. That this started out in 1966. And here we are in 2023. And Ultraman is still going. And it's still insanely popular. Shin Ultraman broke all kinds of box office records in Japan. Whenever it was doing its uh, theatrical run. And all that. So... Yeah, it's still, it's still a powerhouse of a franchise and I'm looking, I'm looking forward to, to more Ultraman stuff in the future. So, all right guys, that pretty much does it for Ultraman, um, which I could have gone into a little bit more detail with it than what I did, but you know, it is what it is. I used, I used what I could to, um, to talk about it and all of that, but yeah. Um, going to go on ahead and make an announcement for the next two episodes that I'm going to be doing next Saturday, a week from today, as I've talked about, I'm, I mean, no, I didn't talk about this. I was for the weekly Kaiju Havoc. I apologize. Next Saturday, a week from today, I'm going to be doing my review of the lake. Just, I'm going to talk about what I liked, what I disliked and all of that. I purchased it. It is on my voodoo, um... You know, looking forward to watching it and talking about it. Um, speaking of reviews, you guys remember whenever I did Ape vs. Monster? Yeah, well, they made a sequel to that. It's called Ape vs. Mecha Ape. <laughs> um, it looks fun. I watched the trailer. It looks like it's going to be just as cheesy and terrible as the first. I'm not going to lie. I liked the first one. I really enjoyed the first one for what it was. the The fight itself was just extremely anticlimactic and lasted all of like six seconds. Like, you know, I just, I, that, that's pretty much the only thing I didn't care for. So hopefully we get a, um, a lengthier fight between ape and mecha ape in this film. But yeah, if it, if it's, if it's anything like the first one, I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be entertaining, you know, and I'll, I'll like it for what it is and all of that. So, uh, yeah, ape versus mecha ape. Um, looking forward to, uh, to covering that one. Uh, eventually I'll be doing a, a review of it and all of that. And, um, it, it actually works out that there's going to be two of them because then I'll be able to, um, uh, there's just no, hardly no information available for ape versus monster. So I can't really cover like the production and the making of and all of that kind of stuff. But now there's going to be two of them. Hopefully I'll be able to combine both very limited information, that's out there on the films, combine it into one episode and just talk about both films. Hey, you know, maybe this will be the start of an ape verse or something like that. I'd be all for it. I'd be, I'd be all for it. Let, let's do it. But, uh, so yeah, uh, next Saturday I'm going to be doing my review of the lake. The following Saturday I did a poll on my Instagram. I asked the question you guys answered. And it was voted that my next commentary episode would be on the 1954 original Japanese version of Gojira. And so that's what I'm going to do. Um, the commentary episode for King Kong ended up performing very, very well. Like I've told you guys before, they are styled as I am watching the movie on my PlayStation 4. I have my headset plugged into the controller so that I can hear the audio, but you guys can't. And I'm pretty much just talking about the movie as it's happening. And I'm doing, you know, just doing commentary for it and all of that. And I didn't know how it was going to go. Didn't know how popular it was going to be. The episode ended up performing very, very well compared to some of my other episodes and all of that, it was, I was kind of surprised it performed so well. But I've always said that I'm not going to know how well it really went until I do my second one, because there's going to be a lot of people that's going to be like, they're going to try out the first one just to be like, okay, let's give this a shot. Let's see what it's like, uh, listening to him talk about this movie. You know, like I said, it is stylized for you to watch the movie while listening to, the commentary and all that. So I don't know how many of you did that. Um, but I'm going to be doing it with the 1954 Gojira. And if that one performs well, then, you know, guys get, you know, there's going to be more commentary episodes in the future. So, all right, guys, uh, just to lay out for like the next week and a half, what we've got, uh, this Wednesday, I'm going to be talking about, um, Gamera Rebirth and all the new, News and information that's coming out about that. Then next Saturday, I'm going to be doing my review of the lake. Haven't figured out what I'm going to do on the next Kaiju Havoc. And then the following Saturday, I will be doing my commentary episode on the 1954 Gojira. So, all right, guys. Thank you all. As always, check me out on all of my social medias. On Facebook, I'm Kaiju Carnage, a Godzilla slash King Kong podcast. I have a Godzilla Ultima fan page. And on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, I am Cal the Kaiju Guy. So, all right, guys, thank you all very much. You guys are the best. Uh, we'll catch you all next time. This is Cal the Kaiju Guy signing out.